I'm so glad that we're in 2017. I'm glad that the first day of 2017 falls on a Sunday because Sundays are our favorite days here at Faith Church. And here's why. Because they're days for new beginnings. We've seen so much happen in the last year or so, in the last few years. You know, we came out of uh, a celebration of our Christmas services. Uh, when we had the Christmas experience, we had four services where we had over 2,700 people show up. Most importantly, we had over 60 people leave out experiencing life change in their life. You know, it was great for us as a staff. You know, we all left here. We were really excited about what God had done there. And I was driving home and uh, got a text from uh, our Connect pastor. Uh, pastor Adam texted me and said, hey, man, great, great services. So we were just driving home, and uh, my boys just heard uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. And said so they all said, man, that sounds like Pastor Ronnie singing. I thought, well, that's got to be somebody famous like maybe Michael Bolton. It's like, no, it's Willie Nelson. So I'm going to talk to you today in my best Willie Nelson impersonation. You know, 2016 is gone. 2017, I came in today, and some of the ushers and some of the security, they already kind of started in on me. Uh, you know, I walked in, and they saw this jacket, and they said, man, you ought to be arrested for wearing something like that. I said, man, this, this, this is a special coat. This is a memory coat. Because when I leave, most of these folks are going to forget about 90% of what I said, but they're going to remember this jacket. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look too bad from back there, but if you get close, it, it's pretty obnoxious for real. Obnoxiously cool is what I told them. So anyway, I am so excited to, to start this new year with you people. We are so excited about what God's going to do here. I was just thinking about what to share, and I kept coming up with the power of one. And I thought about the power of one word, the power of one verse that might make a difference for us to take with us throughout this year. I found it, uh, I, I used a little bit different interpretation. I found it in the message. If you're new to church, you know, we usually teach on Sunday mornings out of the New Living Translation, the NLT. We may use NIV, but the message for new believers is really good. It's just really down-to-earth translation. And Paul said it in to uh, to the Romans here in Romans chapter 12. And this is a verse you might jot down to take it with you as you go. Paul said, so here's what I want you to do. This is key. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That'd be a great place to start 2017. Then he goes on with this. He says, embracing what God does for you. And that's what I'm going to be sharing a little bit about here in just a few minutes, is embracing what God has done for all of us. So embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. I mean, how easy is it? to just get caught up in what the world is doing and just get swept away and get away from what God's calling us to do. So don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention, fix your focus on God. And here's the great part. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
Man, what, what, what a great thing for God to do for us in 2017. Man, if we can just kind of pull back a little bit from culture, what's going on, man, embrace what he's done for us, you know, and focus our lives, our everyday life, Paul says, let him change us from the inside out. Because none of us are there, right? We're not quite there. So if we can embrace what God has already done, I got to thinking about, uh, a statement that I heard over 25 years ago, a gentleman told me this. He said, God, God's love has no limits and it lasts forever. Think about that. God's love has no limits and it lasts forever. When I first heard that, it meant absolutely nothing to me. I was not churched. Uh, I was in a place that I didn't want to be at, but I knew about the power of love. And we all know in our lives about the power of love in our families, with our friends, you know, what we love. You know, around my house, I, I try to make it well known about the power of love. You know, for my children, you know, I try to let them, let them know how much and tell them before they ever leave the house how much I love them. That's why they refer to me as the love daddy. That's right. And friends and, and for, you know, we've got staff pastors here and we're all a pretty tight-knit group and they all really know that I'm really, truly the doctor of love. And my wife, she keeps it really simple. She just calls me the love machine. That's all I'm saying. Isn't that right, babe? That, that, this does not mean yes. This, yeah, yeah. So it's not... It's not the full of machine. We'll have to talk about that later too, okay? But we all know the power that love has in our life. And here's what I'm here to tell you. So many people come through that door and they're hurting. And they don't know the power of love. And it's not a love story. And here's what I know from so many people who've come through their hurting. Man, they don't want to be lectured. They want to be changed. And God gives us the power to have an influence and with his help, lead them into a way of life change. So I just thought today we would kind of go back for me and hit the reset button and kind of go back because I always struggle with, you know, the reason for the season. We just come out of Christmas, you know, and the power that's in his name. And I'd always heard that, but I really didn't know anything about it. And I just wondered, what is the why behind the who? You know, I thought we'd start and we'd go back and start a building block. John 3, 16. Everybody knows this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I always had the tension, the struggle. I mean, I would go through Christmas and, you know, even as a kid, even as he's growing up, and I could understand the part of the person, but the why and the reason, I just couldn't really embrace that God so loved this world, that his expression was that he gave, and the promise was eternal life. And before I could come to grips with anything, I came up with this. You know, I got to had to figure out in my own heart, in my own mind, that loving us was a big thing. For God, he so loved us. And it felt like loving us, for God's main concern is this. God's main concern is loving us and fixing us takes a little more time. 
God's main concern for everybody here is loving us. Fixing us takes a little more time. You know, I was uh, about 31 years old, and uh, I realized some things in my life really weren't going that well. And, man, I had ended up in a rehabilitation center uh, with a lot of other guys and gals, and, man, a lot of bad choices, a lot of bad decisions. Um, and, and I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know where I could turn. You know, I remember they coming in that night and said, look, we got a guy coming in tonight. He's going to bring a devotional for everybody. And I thought, man, that's great. Now, there's absolutely nowhere in the world worse to be than this. And a guy came in in a wheelchair. And he wheeled his way down an aisle. And he came in. And ironically, he introduced himself. His name was John. And he started telling us about this verse here. Number one, that... God loved us, and there was a reason for it, and he had a special plan for each one of us if we could find a way to embrace it. And I sit there and listen to him just share a little bit about his story. You know, and he, about six or seven years uh, before that, he had been hit, driving a car, he'd been hit by a drunk driver. I mean, totally taken away most of his livelihood. And I'm sitting here thinking, trying to process this, that this man is telling me not only uh, that he loved us, but he had found a way through God's love to share that with so many others. And I was just thinking, that's, that's just too hard for me to embrace that kind of love. And I left there thinking, you know, it just feels like, feels like something could, should change in my heart. Why isn't it? And I just got to thinking, you know, I just try, I tried so hard, and a lot of us try so hard to make it without God. You know, he came back the next week, and he started in with the same thing, and he just started challenging us, man, if you can just think about God, if you could ever embrace the fact that he loves you that much, and he's bigger than any of your problems, that he gave his son for you to have a way out. And he started teaching about how God's love, his love, was so much greater than ours. I started thinking about that, and something just started going on in my heart. And, and, and he taught us about three things about God's love. Number one, he said, his love is unconditional. And I can tell you, mine was certainly not I mean, the only people I was going to let close enough and the only people I were going to love were the ones that were going to love me back, that were the ones that were going to try to take care of me or something I could gain from that love. And it was never a real love. And he just kept telling us his love is unconditional. I couldn't process, process that because every portion of the love I was giving out had a string attached to it. And then he told us the second thing was that his love, God's love, is committed. It's committed. And you know, when you don't know anything about God, most of the love that you have is very non-committal. You know, you think about the sacrifices that God made, the cost, the price that he paid, and I'm thinking about nothing, <laughs> nothing so far. It's about commitment. 
Everything's just about making it through the next day, getting to the next party, getting to the next high. That's the only thing I'm committed to. What's this love that he's talking about being committed? Couldn't make a commitment, certainly couldn't keep a commitment. And then he went on to say, not only is it unconditional, not only is it committed, but his love is also accessible. For God so loved the world, whoever believes. You know, my love, my life was not accessible. There was only a certain select group that I was going to be seen with, that I was going to be talking with. Certainly not accessible, certainly not open. I'll never forget, he challenged us with all that, and, and, and a couple of people asked a couple of questions. Uh, but he challenged us, I want you to go, and I know this is new to you, and I know you don't get it. I just want to think, think about what God has done. Think about the good things, because they're from God. And I want you to think about this. You may not even believe in God, but I want you to think about some of those people that are close to you. Think about what stirs in your heart. I want you to think about his creation, that he exists. I want to think about, think about how, you're, how you're wired, all this going on, millions of cells and blood vessels, and just think about that. So you can change the thoughts, he said. You have the potential to change your life. If you can change the way we think, have the potential to change the way that we live. So he came back the next week, and here he came down the aisle, started out with the same thing. Hey, man, I want you to know that I love you. God loves you, and he's got great plans for your life. And I'm going to show you. I want you to know some things before you leave. And I'd been thinking about it. Man, something something was, was, was making some stir in my heart and in my mind. And he, he went to the book of 1 John. He said, I want you to know some things. First John chapter 4, verse 9 says this. This is how God showed his love. Man, he just kept going there. How God wants to show his love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And he just posed a question, you know, you guys have been living your way of life, think about if you just maybe tried to live it at a different level. You live it through him. And he dropped down to verse 16 and said this, and so we know, which we thought we knew everything. That's why we'd ended up in the place we were at. And he went on to say, and so we know, and the key right here, and rely on the love God has for us because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And man, that was very, very, very hard to understand. And then he went on to verse 19 and he said this, we love because God first loved us. And I'll never forget it. He, he talked to us, and he pulled out something. He said, I want you to know, I want you to have a secret. And this secret is a lifesaver. And if you ever catch on to this, 
God's going to do powerful things in you and through you. And here's what he told us. He said, the secret to love is being loved by God. If you ever figure that out, God just became your lifesaver. And he said, it's going to come not quite as easy as it sounds. Because when you say God so loved the world, that means he loves everyone in it. And I know with your past and your background, it's going to be hard for you to love some people. And I thought, well, it sure is for me. I'm going to have to love everyone in it because there's some crazy people out there. Not me who's there in a, in a rehab center. I'm certainly not one of them. But there are crazy people out there. And the ones I always struggle with and still sometimes struggle with are snobby people and negative people. Because you try to deal with snobby people or talk to them, and they're way higher than you are. And if you try to talk to negative people, they're going to let you know they're down way lower than you are. And so, you know, when I'm around people, even now, if I get around negative people, you know, and they start complaining and criticizing and this and the other, I can't wait. I am so glad when they stop talking. It's almost like the trash just took itself out. <laughs> but here's the thing, man. If we get the secret of love, being loved by God, and if we realize that we can love because he first loved us, man, he gives us the ability, the capacity to love everyone. It just really does. And you know, we went back and Man, things just started clicking, and I really started thinking about what this guy in the wheelchair was sharing with me. I really felt like he cared about me. I really felt like there was a relationship coming. He had something I didn't have, and he's in a wheelchair, and I've got every opportunity for life. And he come in, and I came in early a couple of weeks later, and you know, and he said, I want to ask you something, man. What, what brought you here? I said, well, I don't know, man. I just, uh, you know, I just made some bad choices. I got hooked on some things and couldn't get out of it. He said, were you trying to change the way you feel? I said, absolutely. Why? Why are you trying to change the way you feel? Tell me your story. And I told him, well, you know, it didn't start that way. At all, man. I grew up. I had a, a good childhood. I had a great, went to a great high school, went to college for a while, had some opportunities to do some things. And then, man, I just started losing focus. You know, my goals just started kind of, I just didn't, I just didn't have what it took to reach them. So I just started kind of partying over here and going to, going to clubs over here and hanging out over here. And next thing I know, man, this thing's kind of got me wrapped up. It's got me wrapped up. The next thing I know, man, I'm not just using. I'm having to sell to, to, to finance my habit, and things are getting out of control. He said, let me ask you this. Does something in your life need to change? I said, it's got to. How serious was it? He said, have you ever seen somebody you love or you care about go to jail or go to prison? I said, yeah, I have. I have. Have you ever had somebody close to you or you love, have you ever seen them die? I have. Man, don't you think it's time 
to address the mess. And there's only one way to do it. God's the only way that can take what you've got. You're just trying to change the way you feel. He can do it with his love like that. And so I just kind of dismissed it, I, you know, and kind of, you know, told him what he wanted to hear. And it's really crazy, man, because about two weeks later, my wife actually got me going to a church. And I heard the same thing he'd been talking about. And I thought, man, if it works for a guy in a wheelchair who should absolutely hate somebody that ruined his life, and he's just saying, I forgive him, I love him, why not give it a shot? So the best way I knew how, man, I just told God, I'm in. I'm in. You know, I'm in. And I couldn't wait. I got back that next week, and uh, John was there. He come in. He did the same thing. He wheeled down the aisle, said, I love you. God loves you. He's got something special. And I wanted to tell him. But I had to ask him one question. Man, I've made this decision. But the selfishness that's still there said, what's in it for me? I mean, if I do this and I try this, what's in it for me? He said, here's what I want you to do. I'm not going to tell you. When you get home, I want you to look up Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, and then you tell me if you're in. So I looked it up, and it said, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It felt like there was something that God was going to take away all of this guilt, all of this shame, and I couldn't wait to get back and say, I read the verse. Yeah, if he's rewarding, I'm all in. I'm all in. Because I'm going to tell you, I've lost everything, you know, and I'm all in. And he just laughed, and we had a time. He said, let me tell you something, man. You come in here, and you lay your heart out here. I know what you're carrying. You're carrying this guilt. And he said, what if you took all this guilt, instead of feeling guilty, man, you started feeling inspired. He said, man, I see something in you. What if you took the intensity that God's already put into you and make it impact those around you? Because your intensity will always affect your impact. You know, and it gets to a place for every one of us here there got to be some point where we just can't make it on our own. And I felt like I had made that point. And man, I was so tired of living that life. And he told me, you know, that everybody comes to this point. And we can either make excuses or we can make changes. But you can't make both. And man, I realized that he told me, he said, here's another. He pulled it out. Here's another lifesaver, man. I want you to have this. Because here's the deal, man. When you realize and you embrace God's love, he's going to give you his very best. And it's not only that. You're going to be able to impact and see others through the lens of his love. It's a win-win. I mean, who doesn't want that? Except snobby people and negative people. I didn't want it, and I was at the top of that list before I just received it. 
You know, and, and we all go to, when we start talking about love, any kind of love, the power of love, the power of that one life that display, displayed that love to me in a wheelchair, you always end up in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, and everybody knows that. You know, if you've been to a wedding, you've heard, you know, love is kind, it's gentle, uh, it has no record of wrongs. The main thing that just stuck out with me, the last three words in verse 8, that love never fails. It never fails. And I finally came to a place where I wanted it so bad. And I wanted to see where it was going to take me. And he gave me this one last verse, one of the last few times I saw him. And um, it was in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. And I think that's where I really struggle. I really struggle. I really had a tough time believing in something I couldn't see. But I knew when I felt it. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Man, isn't that really what it's all about? Finding the love of God and then just sharing it with people around us. We've got to figure out how to do that. 2017 is going to be a great year because we're together going to figure out how to do it. And I want to give you four quick things. I call them love handles. Not the ones you got over the Christmas season, but you can hashtag it love handles 2017. First thing you got to do is you got to say it. You got to say it. Man, you know, there's, there's been times in my life, regrets in my life, where I've lost people, and I never got to say that last I love you. That won't happen again. You know, my wife and my kids, here's one thing I figured out. I can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. I love you. It's pretty easy. You know, for guys that we kind of struggle with it, even with guys, man, we need accountability. There's guys here. They know I love them, but, man, you know, sometimes with guys, we just have to bro it up a little bit. I mean, you know, you can hit it. I love you, man. You know, kind of give them that, you know, not that straight eye-to-eye contact. You got to bro it up a little bit. You know, you can give them that bro hug. You got to do it right, though, right? You got to come in. You don't go for the straight shake. You got to go for the soul shake. Got to wrap it around. Right shoulder comes in. Two pats on the back. I love you, man. Got it. You done broed it up. Don't do it wrong, because if you go in there and try to straight hand shake it, go in left shoulder, I mean, you'll be butting heads. You got blood going somewhere. You got to bro it up. You got to do it right. You got to say it, man. You got to let people around you know it. And then not just say it. You got to write it. I put this in here for people, you know, my age and above. You know, we write it. Man, we'll send it on a card, throw it out there. I love you. Man, I support you. I encourage you. We get cards here, man, and they are so supportive and so encouraging. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those. And then sometimes, though, around Christmas time, you know, I want to maybe feel a little bit younger than I really am. So I saw this commercial on TV. It said, you get a free iPhone 7. You come in and sign up for Direct TV. I'm all about something free. I went in there and AT&T got me an iPhone 7 Plus. <laughs> Y'all got that? Plus. 
come out of there, spent four hours with AT&T, spending twice as much money as I did before I went in there. <laughs> Loving it. But I got on that iPhone, man. I started getting all the stuff on there, started texting people. Man, I'll tell them I love you in a heartbeat. I love you, man. Love you, miss you. You know, Pastor Steve said about those little, those little one-word texts, I'm all about them, all about them. I'll LOL somebody in a heartbeat. <laughs> we'll do it. Hey, and tell you I love you, I'll do it. Emojis, oh, my goodness. I know they're not cool, but I will blow you up with an emoji. I'll send you a smiley emoji, heart emojis. I'll blow you up with four lines of smileys with heart emojis. <laughs> Man, you got to write it. You got to text it. You got to let people know. Third love handle. You got to forgive it. You got to forgive it. Uh-oh. That can be the hard one. That can be a hard one. But I'm here to tell you, man, if somebody's done something to you and it's really not life or death, is it really a life changer? It may be. There's someone or a situation that you've gotten into and you just can't change it, you got to find a way to get past it. You can't be a prisoner to someone or something that you can't change. Paul said God's help is what will change us. You know, I'll tell you this, Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind to one, to, to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just like God in Christ forgave us. You got to get through it. You got to get past it. You know, I'll tell you this, this is, this is my own personal lifesaver to you, that you'll never be more like Jesus Christ himself when you forgive somebody. It was his whole life. When he was hanging on a cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what to do. It's a lifesaver. It's a lifesaver. The last one, you got to live it. You got to live it. You know, one of the very first uh, scriptures I ever found kind of on my own was also in 1 John. And it started in 1 John chapter 2. Because, man, I really started going after God. I didn't have any problem with the intensity, with going after him when I figured out exactly what his love had done for me. Those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That's how we know we are living in him. We're going to go by his word, and this is what really got me. Next verse. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's just walking it out. Being clothed in his love. And I can tell you from a heart that was radically rescued. Man, I've got a heart to rescue some other radicals. That's my heart. I'm going to love them. You know, I remember about three years ago, I just happened to be looking at the obituaries, and I saw a name in there, and it was John, the guy that had such a big influence on me ever coming to know God's love. And I decided that 
impact he had lives on today through, so, through me and so many others that he impacted. And man, I'm just going to live it the best I know how. So here's what I do. I just start early. I start early. Man, I get up. First thing I'm going to do is have some time with my coffee. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mix some God in there, but it's probably going to start with God and then his word. I think he's okay with that. And then when I have that done, I'm going to get up. It's usually time to start getting everybody up around my house. I'm going to start my wife off with her favorite cup of coffee and my little 14-year-old daughter that I love with all I got. She's getting a big glass of chocolate milk to get her going. That's why they call me the love daddy. They just make it happen. You got to start early, man. But it's about living and loving the people around you. You know, here's what I figured out, even in ministry. I figured out I can't be everything to everybody, but I can be something to somebody every day. Every day he gives me, I can be something to somebody. You know, I, I, I just, I try, to, I try to keep my life simple. And I try to pray this. God, help me love, truly love the people that you put right in front of me. If you'll let me love the ones that are close to me, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have a great life. That's what it's all about. It's about loving one another. It's about relationships. That's why small groups are so important here for us. It's about you plugging in, loving on people, building those strong relationships. Because tough times will come. They always do. And here's why those relationships are so big. Just thinking about 2016 and just figured out it's later. It's later than we think. And somebody close to you needs you. If you found God's love, there's somebody around you in your area of influence. They need you. You know, Shakespeare said it's better to be three hours too soon than a minute too late. Every time 60 seconds goes away, that minute becomes a memory. You know, in 2016, uh, I had to really, really dig deep, really seek God's love because I had to do a funeral for a guy that one of my very, very best friends, he was older than me. He supported me, man, when nobody else was there. When I was in a rehab, when I was going through it, when I was trying to figure it out, he was really the only one there. He was a mentor. Cancer took him away. And then less than a year later, I had to do the funeral for his son. My age, great guy, such a competitor, great teammate. It got too hard and he took his own life. You know, that whole tragedy, man, giving up is the ultimate tragedy. Don't ever give up. important thing is, though, is to make a difference because it's later than we think. My youngest one, she's growing up way too fast. 
some of the folks around me that I'm having to say goodbye to, they're going away way too soon. You know, I thought back uh, right after John got through me in that rehab and we celebrated me accepting God's love. And one, two, just a few months later, I got a phone call. A really good childhood friend of mine had been in a real tough car accident. He wasn't going to make it. It was truly, truly horrific. By the time I got over there, his mom and dad were there and they were older and they were just at pieces. And I surely didn't know what to say other than I loved them. And I loved their son. And I'll never forget his mom just kept saying, Ronnie, if I could just have one more day. Just one more day. She never got it. But I think about that a lot. And God gives me and he gives us one more day. We've got today. And if we can just hang on and sense the urgency of what God's wanting to do with us and through us. He wants us to be a lifesaver. He gives us an opportunity to be a lifesaver. And just like John in that wheelchair did, just to come in and tell people you love them, that God loves them, and share your story. How that man could share the love. He said, right, it took God's love to push me from hate to love, to live, to breathe, to go on one more day. And that's why I do it. And I'm going to share God's love. That's a challenge for 2017. Receive the love and become a lifesaver. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that you are an all-knowing, but most importantly, you are an all-loving God. God, I'm so sorry it took me so long figure that out I can't thank you enough for showing me your love your true love God has the power to change every situation and Father I don't know what people are going through here today you do but God I want to pray for those hearts that may not know that love God that today would be the day They would say yes to that love. They would embrace that love, God. And you want to embrace them by just putting your big old loving arms around them, God. Let them grasp it, God. Let them take it. And God, for so many of us in here that we love you, Lord. God, I pray the prayer that you put the people you would have us to share your love with right in front of us. And God, give us wisdom and courage just share the simplicity of salvation, God. Your word says that we're saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, God. Let this be the year, God, that we learn how to love others the way you've loved us. God, we honor you. We thank you today. And everybody who agreed said amen.